just do the subscribe. No Maybe do the rating. You know, it helps. Like, it's a lot of work for us to do this, like yeah. I talked on the last episode. It's a lot of fun. I love coming here. Oh, yeah. It's also a lot of work. Like, I drive, like, what, about an hour to get here yeah. and back total, and you're spending time letting me into your house and mm-hmm. getting away from work. And so, like, if you just hit subscribe, like, like five-star rating, it makes it better for it us. Helps. It, it helps. It helps. It does. It just helps, man. It does. You're good at that stuff. With that, that just saying how much it helps. It does help. <laughs> lasted about 45 minutes that whole fucking that whole experiment yeah what would just the whole bar in general what would scare you more this is a question what would scare you more uh opening a bar restaurant or opening a music venue in Sierra Evans dude uh boy. opening a music venue probably do you think that scare you more yes I think you lose more money in the bar restaurant but you'd lose it you'd be out of business faster in the music venue. <laughs> so, like, do you want to lose more money or do you want to stay in business for like a Like, if you're talking music venue, you're talking to straight music, BYOB type thing? Or are you I'm talking-, talking to opening a Woolies in Des Moines in Cedar Rapids or opening a, like, hey, my friend's a dope chef and, like, we're going to come up with this restaurant. It's going to be called... Fafa Fuhai yeah. Lounge. Lounge. And it's a bar restaurant. And sake bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cedar Rapids, people in Cedar Rapids typically, I mean, like Rodina, that place downtown, have you yeah. been there? Yeah. It's, it's really good. I haven't been there but yet. nobody goes there. Yeah. Because nobody wants that shit in Cedar yeah. Rapids. They want I that, think it's fun. They want Applebee's, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they all, they, they both come with levels of anxiety, but I think that the... That the bar restaurant model has been proven a little yeah. bit so more frequently. Are, are you ready for this? Rodina is Terrapin and the Wolves. Applebee's is Tom's Top Eight. Yeah. And guess who makes way more money? <laughs> guess who makes way more money? Well, welcome to the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. This is Mike Schulte of the Pork Tornadoes. I have, as always, AJ Vins. Yeah. Wolf Den fucking wears. He told me he just yep. added fucking yep. to the title. WDFW. WDFW. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good, doing well. I'm a little... I'm a little- what do they call it? Would you call it car lagged? Yep, is car that, lagged. Is that it's okay? a real thing, especially when it's been raining the whole day. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I've just been driving in the rain all day. Rain, dude. You just drive three hours round trip for a 45-minute hour meeting. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's, that's so. what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. You're in business now. You, you have to write that too, off. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dubuque's kind of Davenport with less oxygen at work. <laughs> it's true. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Oof, the truth. <laughs> I like that. Well, this is episode 37, if I didn't say that already, and... Uh, you know, we're going to go back to our fun little interviews because I enjoy interviewing local scene kids. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call Dusty Baker a scene kid. <laughs> a scene. Lead vocalist of Tom's Top 8. Good to have you here, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for uh, hanging out with me. This is oh, fun. Yeah. Thanks for bringing the Polliner Hefeweizen. He told me he what wasn't a, ready to give up summer beer. yet. Okay. And I agree. I, I'm, I'm good with a good Hefeweizen all the time, but yeah. it just it's getting dreary out there. I'm strictly an a mm. Oktoberfest guy right now at Are this you? point. Strictly. Yeah. Pumpkin spice lattes, Oktoberfest beers. That's all I do. I'll be be there in about a week. I had a good pumpkin spice beer. Does that count? (laughs) Yeah. Do I like pumpkin beers? I don't know if I I do. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know if I do? I don't know if you would like them or not. O'Fallon's. I think O'Fallon's makes the best one. O'Fallon's is good. Shipyard pumpkin head is my favorite one. If if you make it through that, Mike, I'll I'll give you one to try. Okay. And if I have a second one, I'll give it to you, Dusty. Dude, do you you have some? (laughs) 
I might have a couple. Oh, tight. Yes. Have you ever, like last year, I smashed like six O'Fallons and just like played Madden oh, for. Dude, that's tough. I shit. didn't realize it. Yeah. I didn't realize. Dude, I had the craziest headache. I thought I had like a brain tumor. <laughs> Is that the one with the pumpkin on it? Yeah, it's like black packaging. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I should drink that strictly just because. Yeah. It's like if I see a skull and crossbones on something, yeah. I'm going to drink it. Right. So same with a pumpkin, probably? Probably. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's my favorite. It's tried pu- and true. Pumpkin y and metal as fuck, bro. So, metal you know. <laughs> All right, Dusty. So I asked the internet for um, some questions uh, oh, about you, and this is my favorite one. How does it feel to be the tallest and most handsomest person in the room? Wow, that's very nice. Who wrote that? Was uh, that anonymous? No, no, actually, I wrote that. Yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, that's pretty sweet. It feels good, man. Generally speaking, you're the tallest, best-looking guy in the room, right? Mm, maybe. You feel good about that? I got some weird facial hair, but yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Dude, so, okay, so, so Dusty, we've only met a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you are currently the singer in Tom's Top 8. We'll get to that. But uh, you are also... You're in, or you were in Terrapin and the Wolves? Right, right, Was right. that your main original project? Uh, in the last couple of years, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Do, were you in any other local projects before that? Several. Yeah? Several, mm-hmm. several. Um, going back to the beginning, I mean, yeah, I was... Yeah, let's I start did, off. Just tell me about how you yeah, got in, so, in even loving music in yeah, the first place, bud. Yeah, how I got into loving music, I guess. Grew up in upstate New York. Uh, grandpa owned a music, a record store. Just kind of um, started... He had his huge room, probably about the size of this room. And just, I think he, he was on a radio show not that long ago because he does photography now. And um, I heard him say he has like over 5,000 records, something like that. Jesus. Pretty wild. Vinyl so, records to you yeah. people out there that right. know what those are. Right. And uh, I don't know, man. When I was a kid, I just, just hanging out with grandpa and just going through records for hours and just asking him, oh, who is Steely Dan? Tell and, me about and that shit. And he gladly would go on a 10-minute exactly. rant about this album. <laughs> exactly. So I think it was just kind of a kind of a product of my environment. Dude, I was just kind of built for it. You're absolutely right, and I think that's what uh, younger generations are going to miss, is like, mm-hmm. I, I will never forget just thumbing through vinyl albums of my dad and like pulling them out and looking at this artwork and going, whoa, and reading the liner notes. Like, we can't, we don't do that anymore because mm-hmm. you could get that with CDs. It wasn't the same feeling, but you still got the like, wow, look at all these CDs, and now you don't even know how many albums you own or... You know, like it was always a, a testament of you went into somebody's house and they had all their CDs and you're right. like, Jesus, yeah, that's right. you the, own a lot of CDs. <laughs> the like, racks of CDs in the house, but then also the, the book that you keep in your car of all the CDs. <laughs> Were you guys guys too young to ever have books of CDs in your cars? Of course not, dude. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because at some point, there, I want to tell you what I did today. I went, I got asked to go speak at Regis Middle School to the band and choir kids to tell them about a career in music. Yikes. And and there's wow. a there was a big age gap there. I was like, hey, who knows about CDs? And they're like, nope. <laughs> it was it was weird. Anyway, Jesus. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you. I'll tell you all about that later. But, yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, so that's how you found a love for music. How did you ever decide you actually wanted to play music? I I honestly uh, I just had my dad had played guitar and I just picked it up around the house and just started. Like making up goofy songs about dicks and farts and stuff like that, dude. <laughs> Did your dad play, or was it just kind of like ah, I got a guitar? And no, he played. Yeah, he was left-handed, made it a little weirder. Ah, no. But, uh, um, but no, I got my own, and then I don't know. I just kind of like naturally just I don't know had a knack for it. Figured it out on my own. Spent you know middle all of middle school, yeah, pretty all, much basically all of high school, to which is what you have to do to learn an instrument. Day. Just because I loved it. I wasn't lazy about it just because it just naturally was just something I enjoyed to do. And writing songs was just like what I started to do yeah. first. So I didn't I didn't take like the conventional route of like learning tablature and shit like yeah, that. I just started writing my own shit. Yeah. So being in a because I've only done originals, like singer songwriter stuff, Decatur Creeks, even back in like yeah. Anchors of Maine. Anchors and stuff of Maine. Like that, like These singer are songs that you're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Like folky stuff is what I'm what I primarily was brought up on. Played in some metal bands back in the day too, but being in Tom's Top Eight is just a complete contrast to what I've what I've been used to for fifteen years. Well, dude. and we're gonna get we're gonna get to that for sure. But I actually but, was trying like what I was trying to say earlier is that I we really we've only met a couple times. Right, right. Um I, I have never seen any of your original bands play, which I'm kinda bummed out about because I've gone back down your rabbit hole. I was watching all the Terrapin and the Wolves albums and videos, which are incredible. Uh, but Thanks, I also man. found some videos on your Facebook page from like 
five, six, seven, eight, up to nine years ago of you just singer songwriter on an acoustic guitar, yeah. which I didn't even know about. I yeah. even found one of you and is it Eric? That's yeah. it. Like it was nine years ago and you were playing, playing like the a bongo. Oh yeah. It literally doesn't even look like you. Nah, <laughs> that's nine fucking years ago, yeah. man. And I think that's boy. cool to know. Like once you don't really know people's like, what they've been in before what yeah. they're in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of people have taken different paths to get where they are now, but right. it's that importance of you touched on, like the only way to truly learn an instrument is to be so obsessed and Figure passionate it out about on your it. own. Just express yourself well, through it. Mm-hmm. And not have rules. Yeah. And, and upset. I do. I was obsessed with the drums. And then when I wanted to learn guitar, I was obsessed with it where right. that was all I did. Hurry up and get home from school and play for three hours. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I think that's true with anything that is that hard and intricate as learning an instrument mm-hmm. and like skateboarding and golfing. Like you have to do it every day, nonstop to develop those tendencies. Yeah. That's what I'd add, man. So, um, again, uh, growing up, actually Nick, who's plays bass in the band, we all know Nick, we started, we were like, when I moved to Iowa in like 2000, 2001, he was like my first friend that I met and, um, I had played guitar and then we were just me and him and a couple other buddies. We started a band when we were like in seventh grade, eighth grade. And we that's going to be like your first band. Probably yeah, that you we started. were playing like at like coyote, we coyotes and third street live. Fuck. We made like a full length. What was the name of that band? Shit. Note to rule, of thumb. Rule, of thumb. rule of thumb. Rule of thumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it. kind of music was, was that? It was weird. Like jam band shit. <laughs> it was not cool. Were you always just a singer or like, no. did you ever play guitar? In the this band is too? the first time I fronted a band, like no specifically shit. just singing. So like the 27th, then when you guys, when you were there and you were there, mm-hmm. that was the first time I've ever been like a front man before. And with Nothing to hide behind whatsoever. Right, exactly. Because I've I've sent like I think excluding Terrapin, I've always like played guitar and sang or something. So Terrapin was I I played drums in that band, but uh Tom Sape was the first like picking up the mic. Okay, I'm a front man. That's it, dude. Yeah. And I just went for it. But I'm loving it. It's so easy to just, you know, I don't gotta worry about learning parts. And the nice thing is to bounce around a little bit. Yeah, I can bounce around a little bit. And the majority of the shit that we're playing, anyways, I already knew like all the words to. So I feel like I put in the least amount of work. (laughs) But don't tell those dudes that. Dude, the Mason, there's been maybe three or four times that I've ever seen that Mason's been on stage without a guitar. Yeah. Where he's either gotten invited up to just sing a song with somebody or or we've had some special guests and he just got to sit there and he looks so awkward. Right. He, it, he just like, he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Cause he's just like, okay, I'm holding this mic. Like, okay, do I dance around or what do I do? That's gotta be a weird vibe. <laughs> I just closed my eyes and said, fuck it. And just, ah, I'm just going to try my best. Just going to have some fun with it. Yeah. So how, um, so you eventually graduated to like Terrapin and the Wolves, which was probably yeah. what, like your, would you call that your, biggest most important like original project I, that you had put together yeah i think so man i i think it meant the most to me because it was just my, me and my best buddies and yeah we just wrote who was all in that goofy band goofy shit uh we had we had some floating members throughout the years um started off uh me and eric were in that together we, we've done in tons of stuff together you and eric are yeah. kind of like partners in crime right. throughout the years for sure yeah, yeah absolutely and then pic uh, Hmm. Who else was in there? Uh, Austin Derby and mm-hmm. then uh, Logan Orca. He's uh, one of the owners of Goldfinch, the the bike shop. Oh, nice, now. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Schulte, who is uh, yeah, he's uh, that's pretty much all he's ever done. But a great dude. And then Chris okay. Watney was in uh, Tom's uh, not Tom Sape, but Terrapin. The last run we did, the last record. We oh did. yeah, that's right. Yep, he did yes. vocals. So we had two vocalists at the last uh, yeah the last uh, EP we put out. So did, uh, you guys put out albums like did you did you do some touring out of state and things like that? We or? played we played some shows out of state, but it was more of a party band. Our honestly, our biggest niche for that was nothing monetary, but like we just crushed house shows, yes. crushed house shows, dude. Like we had some epic ass house shows just around the area. Yeah. That was just just packed, just you know basements and shit like that and that was that was never never would have considered doing a cover band in those days right i just it was just about partying and having a good time and just playing some goofy ass southern hardcore so but did you have did you have any like desires to like say okay this band could get signed and we could like go on some tour like did you shop out albums or was this strictly Dude, just hey just, we just want to play music it's just that okay just that yeah so um to be honest with you um no please don't 
I don't. I don't, we don't think, do honesty on. I don't show. think that I've ever had to utilize a business acumen for music until be, now. Okay, um, which I like. It's, right. It's, it's it's a it's a whole nother beast. Um, but no, man, music for me always up until Tom's Top Eight. But even even now, it's just about for the fun of it, dude. It's just been a it's been a hobby that's been super fulfilling, and I've met basically every friend I have on this earth. Because of because music of somehow. music, yeah, absolutely. Or some of the best times that you'll for sure the shit you'll remember on your deathbed will generally be tied to either the music yep. that you were doing or the people you were doing music with. Exactly. I'm convinced mm-hmm. on that for sure. It's yeah, a crazy so bond, yeah. It is, man. But so, like, it's interesting to me that people think that it can it can only be one or the other. That it can only either be pure fun. Just unadulterated fun, like we are just buds and we play music and we don't give yeah, a yeah. fuck. Or nope, it's just business. This is just a business. Okay, we sure. you don't have fun in this. Like it seems to be most people think there's a very divided thing in there. And and most people I'm not even saying covers originals. I'm saying you went from just a local band to now you're slipknot. Like they're probably not having any fun anymore. This is all about a business, you know. There, there. I, I don't understand how that how that happens when like you can do both. You can totally do both, and I think maybe you're understanding that with Tom's Top Eight now because because the best thing I you guys have played two shows now. For those don't that don't know Tom's Top Eight, what would you call yourselves? Like a two thousands emo pop punk band of sorts, yeah. like a co- uh, tribute band kind of. I had thought of it, and then we were on Karen A with uh. Uh, Jimmy Z there And he said it too Is like We're kind of like Hairball with four millennials Essentially I mean, that's, yeah That's kind of when, I didn't uh, even think about that. It's funny. I, I'm not a, I'm more of a social media observer, not yes. a poster, right? <laughs> You're a lurker. <laughs> a lurker. I'll be lurking. But uh, the, maybe the, f- the last Facebook post I ever made um, was something, it was, it was last year, like last September was just like, I want to create a cover band for millennials that grew up uh, watching Fuse, and that's the whole origin. Is, of the this, band. is this how it started? That's how it started. So, so how? So you put out that post. Mm-hmm. Who contacts you first? Drew. Right away. Drew. Right away. Drew's like, "Hey, bro, we LOL, should do this." If you need some, uh, play drums, bro. Man. Hey, bro. LOL. Some shit like that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, how long ago was this? A year. A year ago. Okay. Yeah, we we were down in the basement for. Nine ten months just before kinda, you even announced the band, pretty much. Yeah. Well, and that, and that was another thing that kind of came up in the group recently was the like the etiquette of do you, if you just started a band, do you automatically put out your Facebook page and be like, okay, we started a band, here we go, or do you do the wait a minute, wait a minute, this is our band, here's our page, and holy shit, we got a show in two weeks because we've been working on it for six months. You I know? think the latter's best because I think that ultimately what matters is the is the is the the work the body of work? Right, you're, you got to perfect your craft before you cr- anybody can create a Facebook page. You have to right. put in the work before it means anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, and so I'm glad you described Tom's top eight. Like you guys have played two shows now. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm just really proud of what you guys have done because you seem to have you seem to have made it into this business where you guys knew you wanted the idea. You go, here's our idea, cool. Okay, shit, we can really do this. Who do we want in the band? Okay, these are the people in the band. Okay, what did you go? Okay, here's 30 songs that we think we should play, that we think people would like. Let's learn them. Let's uh, make them set in stone perfect. Let's play the... Making those decisions to play the click tracks, Mm -hmm. which I'm assuming you guys do. Yeah, we do. Which is one of the best decisions you probably ever made for that form of music. Right. But you basically went all the way down this road and went, okay, cool, we've got an amazing product. Now let's now let's kick it out there yeah. and let's build it up properly. And I mean, I knew from the start when you guys advertised that I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like this is gonna be huge. And you just you just got a vibe from it. Yeah. Um. And I think that's what's so cool about you guys. We went to your first show. I didn't get to see your second one, but we went to your first one at Tailgaters. And I was standing up front. AJ was next to me. Jeremy Jacobs came up, and you yep. guys were on stage like half like holy shit. This is gonna be the funnest thing ever. Half what the fuck did we get ourselves into? We haven't even played a song yet. And there's 200 people here. Yeah. I love that nervous. You guys had a nervousness to you, but it like came through. You got through two songs. And you're like, yes, mm-hmm. this is the coolest thing ever. And Jeremy yeah. Jacobs even looked at me. He's like, he's like, look at the smile on those boys faces. Like, welcome to cover band. <laughs> I remember the cover band world. And like, yeah. 
what I really want to talk about is like how has how has Tom's top eight been different from anything you've done so far musically? Yeah, well, I think you when you that that what you just kind of mentioned how um, a lot of artists, musicians, whatever you want to whatever you want to call them, kind of think okay, we can be rowdy and buddies and and just party and play music, or we can just be can strictly business. I think that because I mean. We've all been buddies for yeah. for years, so it was just a natural fit for all all of us to be together in a band. Um, but I think that um, what's been different about it is that that blend of of business and pleasure. I think that we all. I mean, our fucking group chat that we have is <laughs> ridiculous. Half you want to get <laughs> out of it because it bothers silly. you. <laughs> it's so silly all the time. It's just silly. But then we'll have you know an hour or two where we're just talking straight business and goals and, and things like that. So I think that it's a really good blend of both of those things that you need to have. You need to have rapport and we need to be buddies and we need to be fucking enjoying each other's company. Yeah. But we also need to buckle down and say, Hey, these, this is what we want to get accomplished this because everybody's got look, do. dude, we're all in our fucking thirties now, bro. And <laughs> I got shit to do. And so does everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So if we're going to fuck around, we got to, we got to have some goals and have some ambitions yeah. behind this or it ain't worth it. So why, but why does that change from Terrapin and the wolves to this is just fun to like, holy shit, we need goals. I think because the potential's way bigger. Because you, so you, are you saying for like the first time you're realizing that what you have There's a market is like, for whoa, it. we yeah. can do this. Yeah, I think that... Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent proprietary to us because there's certainly other bands and you see the emo nights kind of creeping up more and more, yeah, especially but, in Des Moines. But Hey, I mean, I think that we are carving out a lane, especially yep. in this market. And it's something where it's not as congested as a classic cover band you know, right. scene is. So there's certainly room on the highway for us here. Yeah. And I think that that's a super exciting notion for all of us. So I think that because we see the potential and, you know, how far we could take it, I think that it just kind of forces us to have some sort of business acumen and really buck, bunker down on it. And it's it's a blast along the way, too, just figuring shit out and making those promos. Like, it's all shit we like to do. And we're yeah. lucky enough to have Nick and Drew in the band. I mean, some of the best audio and video in the city in our band just built in, which is fucking insane. <laughs> you walk mm -hmm. into practice and they're like, look what we did. And you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I was looking for uh, I was looking for a text there that I, I got a text thread with Kale Henderson yeah. and Kurt Burgess. Yeah, yeah. Eh, you know, just talk a little shit in there every once in a while. <laughs> or just, just, hey, how was your weekend kind of a thing? And we were talking about your last show. So you played the first show. That was evident of okay, there's a niche for this. People care. Mm -hmm. um, and, and oh, oh, you're actually good at this. Okay, cool. We're, you guys are good. We'll come see you next time. So you did a $5 cover yeah. the first show. Then you said $10 cover. Yeah. And you literally brought in the same amount of people. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, so, so they were, we were talking about your show, and I was like, first of all, I caught, uh, Kale said, uh, Tom Stop Eight pulled about $1,800 at the door. Not bad for a second show. I said, fucking amateurs. But then, <laughs> as, a, but as a joke, as a joke of force. But then I said, literally, I go, they found an untapped niche, created a good product, doubled down, made money. Like, it was really as simple as that, as that four steps right there. Whether you knew that was happening or not, you just, you found a product and you just said, okay, this is what people will actually like. But then most importantly, you're really good at it. Cause I mean, I, I was, I was halfway nervous when you announced it. Cause I'm like, man, that niche of songs, I think me and AJ talked about this yeah. after your first show that it's not, people just think, Oh, whatever. It's not the easy stuff to play. It's really it's not, not the, easy. It's not, it's you not gotta the, tuck your nuts up. too. It's, it's not <laughs> yeah. all the small things by blink one eight. That's right. Like it, when you think pop punk, that is not what we're talking about. We're those songs are intricate and there, there are crazy guitar yeah. licks. And then I was honestly most worried about you. Cause I had never seen you play. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard you sing. I'm like, dude, that is going to yep. be that is going to be really hard. Most of those singers can't even pull those songs off. They're, when yeah, you go see like Taking Back Sunday, you're like, "Geez, this guy doesn't even sing anymore, does he?" Yeah, there's some some ranges and then just some there's like it's also unique music too. It's not you can't you can't just cover the music, you know, you have to you have to kind of add your own flavor onto it because those singers, those musicians 
you know, they're so unique already. Yeah. And so, but you guys did it in such a, do it in such a good way. It's like very good mix of it. You're, you're right on with the, what the music is doing. And then it's, uh, it feels genuine though. You know it what does, I mean? Rather yeah. than you trying to emulate them, it feels genuine. And there is a little bit of that emulation that I try to do vocally, yeah. Yeah. but certainly it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. So <laughs> you pick your battles. You, know? you probably so that first show you probably get through what three songs and you're like how the hell am I going to make it through the rest of the set list? Yeah, dude. For <laughs> sure. There's a uh, everyone knows there's a difference between practice, practice? Well, that's, and live we and how hard sugar, you play. Like I like just just <laughs> the your first beginning song? <laughs> of the set, dude. It was it was sugar going down, and we had dude we had no idea what to expect. We were you know thrilled that there was you know, we packed Gators for the first show, mm-hmm. so just all that adrenaline. And uh, I just remember saying, like, what the fuck is up, tailgaters, or something like that. And I just kind of blacked out. And at the end, it felt like I had run, like, you know, like two miles yeah. in four minutes. Yeah. All you're doing like, is standing oh, on stage holding a microphone. Yeah. But that just goes Ooh. to show you. But then but then uh, throughout the set, I paced myself a little better. But You'll, uh, you'll get better at that because, I mean, I still, there will be times when I know if it's a bigger show, mm-hmm. I'll just about halfway through the show be like, Oh, wait, I can feel it. I'm like, I'm playing harder than I usually do. Yeah. Let's just, hey, take it down yep. a notch. You know, you guys will get there. But We were that, recognizing it pretty quick, but for sure, dude, those first three songs were crazy. That like, excitement level. Yeah. And that was so much fun is just watching you guys. I mean, you could tell it, it it's 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 a fun time. You're buddies. You're legitimately playing these songs for each other. There's people in the crowd that you care about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, man, it's beautiful. It was just so cool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, Tell me right off the bat, um, you know, compare this to Terrapin and the Wolves and like Mm -hmm. what, what, how do you feel about it and how does it, how much work is going into it and like the output you're getting from it? Like what, what is that comparison really? Well, I thought that it would be less satisfying to, to play Mm. um, covers, but it's almost the contrary, man. Um, I just think that there's so much more effort that goes into this. Even, even you know, you, you guys have played originals. You know that yeah. there's obviously effort, and you kind of put your whole soul out there a little Completely. bit, and it's a vulnerable thing to do. But mm-hmm. I, I think that the satisfaction is is the same or greater. Um, I just think um, because what we're accomplishing, I think, is just a little bit more significant, honestly. I think that we're – I mean, Nick, Nick specifically has – I mean – he's such a wizard with with audio that he has created this incredible production where we have an app on our phone when everything is mixed together and we have our own apps and the in-ears and we're playing to the song and the click and everything like that so just the production and the amount of effort that we're all putting in together and then to see the output be so great i think it's i think that it's way more gratifying than playing at just jewels for 40 butt people. Honestly, I think it's I think it's more fun. I think it's more gratifying. Not to say that playing in Terrapin, we had Never. some amazing times, but Yeah, you're definitely not this is, that. This is another level, man. And uh I I always I was always of the opinion without you know, just an ignorant opinion, just I never did it. I was like, I don't wanna I just don't wanna fucking be in a cover band, dude. This sounds this sounds like kind of like I gave up. Not that I ever really had like an ab- ambition to have a career as a yeah, You musician. didn't want to like make it big or never, anything. Like, never, whatever. never, ever. No, but I didn't necessarily feel like a sellout. It just didn't appeal to me. But um, I, uh, man, I, I tell you, I, I'm having more fun now than I mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever thought I could with with uh, with playing out and shit. Well, so, it's it's a great. different it's different because I would agree with you too. Like I I'm having. Way so much more fulfillment than I've ever had in my entire life playing music, but it's just different. Like the original was the was the conquest of the like, it's just us and we're gonna fucking <laughs> we're gonna win the world over, you know. Versus the cover band, it's like, okay, like we already kind of got past that stage. Now it's how far can we take it? And it's tough too. And, and Cedar Rapids is uh, an interesting beast because the the support for local originals has been on the decline for years, man. I mean, I think, uh, back, I mean, like AJ, you, you remember, I mean like Oh six, Oh seven, like, do you remember Emerald city? Yeah. Well, I, we used to, that that was a, a fun time. There was always Emerald city out for that. So that was, you know, like the fire station is downtown now. Yeah. So that used to be a big shit building. Oh yeah. (laughs) 
where they had like a skate park. <laughs> well, in there. All you had to say was big shit building, and I'm like, oh yeah, yep. I remember that. I think there was asbestos. Uh, probably. I think I might have mesothelioma <laughs> now. <laughs> I do. There's a commercial for that. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna, you can I'm call gonna it. Clean up, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that I think that was honestly, sadly enough, was probably the peak of like original music that I saw. Like the, when the hardcore scene is really big, there was yeah. always kids out there, man, and it was always local originals and regional bands coming out. But it, I, I just see the, the grind. Yeah. Well, so the the thing that I've I've been noticing um, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of original bands and there's a lot of cover bands that think that. Okay, listen. Let, like for example, pork tornadoes at at the Colonel Stadium, right? There's there's three thousand people that buy tickets to see the pork tornadoes. They get in the stadium, they get in their seats, they're ready for the show. Two minutes before the show starts, the guy comes out and goes, "Guys, pork tornadoes couldn't make it. Oh my god!" But we've we've got insert band here, and they're gonna play for you instead. There's there's people that think that that would just go over the same way. They're like, if you could just get us on that stage in front of those people, this would go over the same way as it does for the pork tornadoes. And I think we could all agree that maybe that would be true until we got into the bands we're in, right? Like, do you think, had that happened at your last show at Tailgaters, that all of a sudden you guys couldn't make it and they're like, okay, we put in said original band now. It's it's not going to be the same response. No, it's never, yeah. And sure. it's just, it's just it's, uh, it's, it sucks, but it's also... It, nothing was just handed to you guys and nothing was just handed to us. People like don't look at the work that goes into it. It's more of like a, they don't see any of the behind the scenes stuff and they just go, Oh look, they got a huge crowd and they're playing covers. Like that's bullshit. But like you guys have been working on this for a year. Yeah. B- building tracks, building click tracks, building light programming, coming up with the perfect set list, promoing it, recording songs in the studio to get people pumped about it. Right. No one sees that or thinks of that. That that that's this success should be yours, and like you guys have For garnered sure. that. Well, you guys have been super kind, by the way. I, when uh, we did our last show, I listened to the podcast, and I really appreciate all everything you guys said about us. That, that true, means man. a lot coming from you guys, for sure, man. So um, when what you said about us uh, betting on ourselves, about just car- yep. charging cover, I was like, oh, shit, we kind of did, huh? And, you could have uh, you could have <laughs> just said, oh, man, I don't know. This is our first show. Like, ah, fuck it. Let's just make. Dude, I still, when we're trying to set ticket prices for things, I'm still like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what if we just want to get people in the door? And like, no, just bet on yourself. Like, you know your product. When we started charging, like, the VIP things like we were mm-hmm. talking about, I was scared shitless. I'm like, there's going to be five rows in the front, 100 seats that are going to be completely empty because we tried to charge $50 tickets. But like every time we've done it, they've sold out because we just mm-hmm. tried to bet on our product and bet on what we have. And and I I think anyone can do that. Like if you legitimately are an original band or a cover band, you know your market, fucking start betting on yourself. Don't don't sit back and go, oh, we never get any shows. No one comes. Find out why they're not coming and like yeah. fucking figure it out and start betting on yourself to, to make it happen. You know, sure. it is easier for cover bands, but in a way it's even harder now because now now what happens with Tom's Top 8? You guys have basically, you've hit, like, how many people do you legitimately think in, in Cedar Rapids would come to, let's say you had a $10 cover yeah. and you guys play for a couple more years. How many people do you think you could get out to see your music, to see your genre at Tom's Top 8? Like, how many do you think? You think, like, like a 1,000 people could eventually come out that are like, fuck yeah, I love this music. This is for me. It's, it's niche as fuck. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't you know don't know, right? I don't know the answer to that yet. Um, I think our strategy is um, primarily going to be recreating the tailgaters types of shows everywhere else. And and initially, just you know, your Madison markets, your Des Moines, and things mm-hmm. like that. And we're we have we have ideas in place to do that. I. Mike, I don't think we'll ever have a thousand people come out to see us in Cedar Rapids. Maybe we could. That Maybe. would be sweet. You never know, though. Um, but we're playing Taking Back Sunday in like the starting line and shit. Mm-hmm. So there's only a, a, a small percentage in my world. It seems like everybody knows who that is. Correct. Because that's who I've always been around. Um, but you know, if we talk, if we're talking macro here. I mean, eh, I don't know, yeah. but I don't think that's necessarily our goal either. Though I think our goal is to pack small rooms and have a fucking party. And, you know and we, I mean? we've and talked I think about there's tons of money in that. AJ and I have talked about this so many times. Is that yeah. that that tribute band 
the tribute band is the quick and easy, but then there's going to be probably a cap to it. Yeah. You know, like whether it's a genre you're playing or a band you're playing, but you you may not you might not not have the advantage of being able to just go insane and play the U.S. Cellular Center in Cedar Rapids, but yeah, you also sure. have the advantage to go, hey Madison. This exactly. is exactly what we offer, and we can guarantee 300 people in this room book us. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you got that advantage, which is so cool. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the ceiling isn't as high, I don't think, as, like, uh, I mean, your, your group, I mean, you're playing, you know, huge, huge songs, which is awesome. You guys just, you guys sold out the fucking Vets Memorial. That's tight. I don't think we'll ever get there because I just don't think that our that our product um, is built for that. But I think what we will have is... Um, recreations of the tailgaters experience that we've done yep. all over the all over the Midwest with uh, with a with a sense of passion because people are passionate about that shit. People people mm-hmm. that listen to MyCam and, and Taking Back Sunday they really give a shit and that meant a lot to them. People are really really AJ, the people that care really yeah. fucking AJ care. AJ nudged really me before they care. started and AJ was like yeah it, it's, yep. it's, he's like this is just fucking like, shit man we are <laughs> sons of bitches we are we're selling nostalgia <laughs> to yeah, a group really of are. people. And that's what you That doing. were kind of not, you know, the fucking popular kids in school, probably. Right. right? That 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 type of music meant a shit ton to them. So I think yep. that it tugs on the heartstrings, tugs on nostalgia, and shit. It's it's a product that I would go out and see myself because mm-hmm. that's isn't the, isn't that the key, dude? Yeah. Is like you think about like, would I go see this if I wasn't in this band? Right. You know, I think that's a that's a huge thing to ask yourself because now you're being true to yourself. You're not just going, oh, fuck, yeah, we're going to do this just because it's popular. Mm-hmm. You know, like, would you actually go see that band? Yeah. That's a huge deal. And one other thing, too, that that I think we've celebrated um, that I'm proud of with Pork Tees is that our, our crowd is so, like, all-inclusive and, like, yeah. There's there's been like two fights in ten years <laughs> at one of our shows. Very rarely, I mean, a guy got hauled off on a stretcher at the Paramount because he was drugged, boozed out in his, Damn. you know, like he was he was unresponsive, but he had a smile on his face, so we knew he was at least having okay, a good time. That's good. There there can be some overindulgence, but most people say that when they go, they feel included in this like club, right? And that's what you guys are offering too. Is that again, you hit like the Maybe we weren't the most popular kids in school, but this is our music. And like, because you love this music, because I love this music, we love each other. Mm-hmm. And I did feel like you could probably attest to the tailgaters yeah. vibe that we saw. Like it was a great vibe. Oh yeah. It felt yeah. good. Yeah. It was a good feeling there. And there was, I mean, there was people that I, I saw people there that I haven't seen in a while from other towns that played, we played in the scene together and stuff like that. And like, not, we maybe we didn't talk a ton, but like we saw each other and we were just like, I mean, like one dude just like put his arm around me and I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's oh, it, yeah. Was, it was, and that was, it was real, man. It was genuine. And it was just like, uh, that was the vibe there is like this fucking song. Like people this feel song. that, you know? And that's, and that's so cool too, that you, uh, to hear someone say that you're not, you're not fucking around. You're like, dude, I, I actually feel like I have more fulfillment in this cover band than this original band. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not reiterating this to be like, yeah, fuck you original band. See, because that's not always true. That's not always true. My favorite bands in the world are original bands, right? (laughs) Right. Like you guys still need to be writing music. Like, please. Cause I want to cover your music someday. Cause this is what I do now. But like, man, it's just cool to hear that you're having such a good time with it and that you guys are having fun. And I mean, like really the sky's kind of the limit at this point. Like now that you guys know where you want to go next, I I was waiting to see if you were going to start playing every weekend because of how fun that was. (laughs) I'm like, AJ dude, if they start playing every weekend, we're so afraid of, (laughs) we understand that, that it's fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're playing for our friends and family and people that like the music that we might not know. And it was cool to see kind of some, some familiar faces that I don't know to come out a second time. But, uh, we, we're pretty, uh, aware of, we just don't want to fatigue the market mm-hmm. here. Yeah. We want it to be special when we play. Um, and, uh, our aspirations, I mean, honestly, like to just kind of give you a little insight, I mean, obviously, like I mentioned, playing the the high noon saloons yep. like in Madison, for yep. example, the Woolies, whatever. Isn't um, Mallory talking to you about that? 
What's that? Corey and Mallory, are they talking yeah. about? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. It sounds like it's good to go. It should be, yeah. yeah. I mean, that 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 group, that they're called FPC Live. They yeah. run pretty much all of Madison. Mm-hmm. They own High Noon, Majestic, and yep. Sylvie, mm-hmm. and they're just mm-hmm. pro-level. Yeah. But, you know, they, they know exactly what's happening. The biggest artists in the world are coming through, and the most up-and-coming artists are coming right. through, and, like... They know how to get you on a stage. So, like, oh, yeah. it's think about Madison, Milwaukee, Twin Cities, Sioux City, Omaha, Kansas City, St. Louis, Chicago, Quad Cities, Dubuque. Like, there's, I just named off 10 pretty big cities in a five hour radius that right. are going to have people that are going to want your shit. Yeah. And another thing, too, is, is we're trying to kind of brainstorm and maybe we can talk after or something like private parties, weddings. Yeah. Like, that's something that we find super intriguing. Yeah. That, we got some pretty, uh, I, I know I do. I know Drew, we haven't really ironed it out yet. Cause we took a, a break off of just a, just a week break. Nick spent like probably 70 hours putting together that light show. So he's like, I didn't <laughs> see my fucking kid. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we, Sounds we took, familiar. we took off uh, a week or something, but I think we have some promotional ideas to, you know, um, let people know that we want to do like weddings and private parties and stuff yeah. like that. Cause I think that would be just super fun and. Something it, I think that people might want. Well, those are the, the the people that were listening to that music. They're getting married now, man. Exactly, and that, like, dude. They want to dance that stuff. Like we sure. we want like to be able to dance that stuff at those weddings. Yeah. Like actually, yeah. I might have actually booked you at a wedding. Oh, thanks, dude. Actually, this past weekend, our buddy got uh, got married, and Mason's little sister uh. is getting married, and she's like, "How's the Tom's top eight? Because that's like her. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They're dope, and she goes. Would that be cool at a wedding? I'm like, do you want your wedding to be the most unique original <laughs> yeah. wedding ever? She's like, yep. I'm like, well then, yeah. Here you <laughs> go. Yeah, there yeah, it is. That'll be 25. percent Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. We also, but then we also got really drunk and talked about how their table settings should be microwaves, <laughs> and and you go to the buffet and you get like hot, hot pockets, pockets and pizza rolls, <laughs> and yeah. then it's just the microwave in the middle, and oh, you just make man. your own hot pockets. Oh. Uh, so I don't know how much to trust any of the conversations we had from that wedding. Boy, yeah. But I'm just saying, <laughs> what what we find the reason we find people book us for weddings is because they want it to be unique, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the cool things you can offer as a cover band or a tribute band. Be like, holy shit, you really love this. Well, this is going to be the most unique wedding you've how ever. How does been it to. work? Like, you know, like the first dance stuff and like yeah. all that shit. Do you guys? Do that, or, um, or you know, there's generally a package. Like we go, okay, you're hiring us to play what we normally pay, or what we normally play. You've seen us play before. We're not gonna cater. We're not learning the song. You know what we're about. We're coming and we're gonna play for this long, and this is what's gonna happen. Okay. That is your basic package. But then from there, do you want us to help you MC the thing? Do you want us? Do you want Mason to learn a song for your first dance? Do you want us to? play the computer for your first dances. Okay. Do you want us to provide a a microphone for you for speeches? There becomes this, okay, you need to understand because so many times we've shown up and then they've gone, oh, well, we just thought you were going to do this, so you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Now it's outlined. It, it goes, okay. this is what yeah. you're hiring us for. Good. We're on the right track then with that. You're shit. on the right cool. track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't don't just, you're going to charge more for weddings and corporate events just because that's how those things go. They're expected. But don't just, it's going to happen, but don't just go, of course, yeah, like, right. we'll do whatever. We're just really excited to play. Go, well, this is the band package, and then we can also do these things for you. It could be as simple as, listen, uh, it'll be it'll be 200 bucks if you want us to learn any songs. That, that'd be you singing, uh, Eric on guitar, we're going to learn this one song for you. Sure. That, this is just an extra 200 bucks for our time spent. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Right? So, I mean, yeah, and then it's just letting people know that you do those things. Most people don't know that you're... You're like we got a tab on our website that's like, <clears throat> you know, bars, venues. Of course, we play that. Here's why. We, here's why we're good at it. Festivals. Here's why we're good at it. Weddings, corporate events. Here's why we and mm-hmm. testimonials and stuff like that. You know, just to let people know. Oh yeah, we still get people that go. Oh shit, you play weddings? Like we're trying not to play as much anymore because <laughs> weddings are weddings are tough, dude. So make sure you for you or for anybody else if you're charging if you're gonna book a wedding like. Get paid for that because weddings are one of the worst. It's you're the first ones there, last ones to leave, a lot of downtime. 
uh, most people don't want to party, so it's not as fulfilling. You're just like, okay. <laughs> Grandma's telling you to turn it down. You know, it's so weddings are not always as fun as they should be. Mm. So, like, make sure you're getting paid for that, <laughs> for your time. <laughs> and because somebody's going to book you for two years from now, what happens if your if your popularity and your rates mm-hmm. have all gone up in two years? You're going to be sitting at the wedding going, "Damn it! Mm. I thought we yeah. I thought we charged a lot for this. Now we're taking a pay cut or whatever." It's all good yeah. stuff to think about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's all going to come from that website, man. I wish you had a good website. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you guys got any sponsors yet? People you sponsoring know. you guys? Oh, we have. Uh, we have. buttoned up. I like it. <laughs> Do we have sponsors? Well, we've got we've got some sponsors. Uh, I think Tom's Top Eight could sponsor us. Hey, I'll give you with five bucks. Dude, yeah? they literally made eighteen hundred bucks playing at Tailgaters. Dude, I mean, that's got to be a record at this just, point. Just give us some beer money, okay? I'll, I'll sheet All my right, Venmo. Dude. <laughs> All right, dude. You got it. Right. I, I think what you should do is get us some of those uh, pumpkin beers. Some pumpkin while beers. We finish this. Yeah, thing out. I can grab a couple pumpkin beers. Yeah. I, I do think uh, I have to check this with Kale, but I'm guessing. Other than a band, maybe that's that's coming in on the road. Like I know tonight they're having like Royal Bliss play. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. probably a guarantee for that, or they're charging ten dollar tickets. But I would be hard pressed to say that not many bands have made more than you guys made at uh, Tailgaters the other I day. I think he said that uh, the only bigger crowd that they've had was Will Whitmore, and that was like uh, that was my benefit that I threw. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that was okay. So you're right. That was like a. $25 ticket, but it was for a benefit that I was running. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been the most money that probably gone through, but you take that away. You gotta, you have to have the most money made from the door or from the bar. At and Janie rocket, of course had a, Oh, Janie rocket. They were, that, they crushed it. So did, really did you, good. when you wanted to go up to 10 bucks, were you like, well, we at least got to add an opener. Is that, was that your thoughts? Uh, or were you just like, nah, we should just add it. We, we, um, I'm not really sure to be honest with you, man. Um, I think that it helped justify it a little bit more. It does. There's but I, more music. But, but ultimately, I don't think that would have deterred us if we didn't have an opener again and it was just kind of a repeat performance. The only, I guess the reason we did, we wanted Janie to do it is because I think just, you know, musically they, they fall in line with us really well and they do a lot of uh, kind of, they do their paramours and their sales and so it, it kind of fits it in fits. the same vein. It's a very same genre. Um, but I think the the reason we, we paid 10 bucks, yeah, A, because we had an opener and B, because we knew that we've only done it two months ago in the, you know, we had played less than two months ago. So we didn't want to, uh, we wanted to have Just make a it a little different, show, make it a little different, but, but no, I don't think if we, I mean, if come November, come January, if I think we probably won't play in town until January, February yeah. again. Um, but when that time comes, I don't feel, um, bashful at all about charging 10 bucks yeah. to just have it on our own for sure. Well, people, your your age, um, like how old are you? Thirty. I just turned thirty last week. It was my birthday show. Happy birthday! Same for you, AJ. Aren't you? Yeah, are thirty. You, so, like we've talked about this before, your age group is yeah, getting. You know, like had you done this ten years ago, fucking good luck charging ten dollars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like nobody's got any money, dude. You'll make more than like eleven bucks an hour now. They, they're finally you're up and you're getting to thirteen, fourteen bucks an hour. People <laughs> <laughs> actually have some money and oh, they, yeah. they're willing to spend it. The same thing happened to me and my friends. Like the older I get, the more I'm willing to pay for things that I like. Yeah. You know, and the more I'm willing to just be like, hell yeah, I'll buy one of your t-shirts, and hell yeah, it's ten bucks to get in. So it, like, don't be bashful about that at all. People are getting more willing to pay. For for um, experiences now too. You know what I mean? Like paying for experiences rather than just stuff. And so yeah. I think that's a big deal. And then, like you say, pulling on that nostalgia, they want to go back and feel that again. Like they felt at a concert that they went and saw those artists. Can I take a piss real quick? No. No. Go ahead, live? man. Yeah, no, this is fucking live. live. Oh, we don't so do bad. anything. He's without. so, I'm telling you, like, he's just such Is this a, what he's, he's like now? Is this what he's, he's like, like now? It's all into his like head. And being dramatic. Look and, how awesome my band is. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even know where the bathroom is. He needs roadies to point Jeez. him to the bathroom. Gosh, we should have guys with flashlights flashing them at the floor <laughs> in front of him. <laughs> you know, you know what was cool, and I, I'll, I'll always remember this is like when we had uh, Kurt Burgess on, yeah. And when he talked about how I thought for sure the answer would have been yes when I said, "Do you and all your bandmates like hang out a lot?" And he yeah. said, "No." And it's, yeah. And I know they're 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 even older than you know than us, you know, and they're get they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. But there's something really cool about bands being true friends with each other. Like I hate I hate knowing that like Mick and Keith of the Stones 
fucking hate each other just, and yeah. can't even be in the same room. Right. I hate knowing that because yeah. they're on stage. They're like, yeah, look at us. We're on stage. We're it doing is so it fake. Still. It is. It's so fake. And you yeah. know, most of those bands are probably that way anyway, but yeah, it still makes me happy to know that bands are really, truly friends. Like Pork Tease, man, we are really, truly friends. Yeah. And we will spend our weekends off, like still hanging with each other and doing stuff. Yeah. And I, I, do you feel like that translates? I think you can tell I, if I bands are it, friends or not. I know? think it absolutely does. I think the vibe on stage I mean you know it translates it's hard it's hard to watch a band if they're not doing much on stage anyways I'll be honest yeah. with you oh, yeah. but it, it does translate if you have like zero, see zero communication on stage don't even look and at like, each other some people like tote that as a badge of honor like we don't even need to like look at each other or do anything it's like but I want to see that no, like look at each I other I want to see you guys having fun <laughs> like please have fun on stage you yeah. know I feel like 87 to like 93% better good like four minutes ago but not a 400 percent <laughs> better though i feel great i felt great before i just uh, it's a little bit of improvement well, god my prostate down was a, full bro crazy <laughs> suck down another another yeah, what is, pumpkin that, ale oh that's that that's and that, that, you asked about sponsors hit. yeah uh, so shipyard sponsor. shipyard right. is actually they they sent us over a crate of uh pumpkin head are you full of shit right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> They uh, yeah they heard that we were thinking about stopping this whole podcast thing. They're like, yeah. no 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 no, this is the most important podcast. Whoa, in is this the world. just a hiatus? Are you guys what, what's going on with that? I don't know. I mean, you know, here here let me let me just present this yeah. to you. Oh, uh, we can we can essentially sign off on this episode, mm-hmm. but I wanted to do another episode where we just kind of chatted about some weird shit. Yeah, you're welcome to stay, and this will be the next episode. You want to do that? Sure. How do you feel about that? Could do it that way. Because I have to watch a Stanley Cup banner get raised tonight. Oh, that's oh right. God. Oh, dude, it's Ovechkin's in town. Are they playing yes. in St. Louis? Yeah, it's always the last champion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, the first yep, champion. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll talk about the hiatus on the next episode. You guys cool. are gonna have okay. to wait another week to hear it. But yeah. uh, I guess uh, for episode number thirty-seven, I'm Mike Schulte, AJ Vans, Wolf, Wolf, Wolf Den Wears, Wolf Den fucking Wears, <laughs> Dusty Baker, not to be confused with the Cubs manager from about ten years ago. Yeah, Nationals, ago. Giants. Yeah, not to be confused with. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused, okay. bro. Just, I'm just checking. I didn't know if I'm he was I'm a little bit more handsome than that guy is. I would say uh, you're a little skinnier, too. Yeah. He was plump. Got yeah, that he's going. he's a plump bad boy. Uh, wait, t- tell us where you, what you guys know you're going to be at next, where to check you out, uh, if you got a show booked yet for the area, or how to get in touch with you guys. Uh, there are a lot of our stuff right now is very tentative and up in the air, so I'm not going to give anything away at this moment. Just go to uh, facebook.com slash tomstop8. For updates, we should have some uh, more. Uh, we're going to have a studio video coming out here pretty soon of a couple new tracks. Um, and yeah, we should be announcing a couple fun shows uh, coming down in the next couple of weeks. If so. you got any Des Moines friends, I, I'm wondering there might be a Des Moines show coming up. I think there's going to be more than one. So <sighs> I wonder if that'll be, be fun. tight. Yeah, I mm. think Wink. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, thank well, you guys for having me, man. Yeah, thanks yeah, for being thanks here, for being dude. We're going to sign off. Uh, with Gloria. This will be the last time we play Gloria. All it's right. getting retired with the last season, so mm. cue the fucking music, bro. Now. Yeah.